Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I want to introduce you to Lucy Dathan, who literally just walked into the studio, one of our state representatives. Hi, Lucy. So nice to see you. It's lovely to see you, too. Let's do this. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for coming on time. Sure, sure. Um, So my name's Lucy Dathan. I represent uh, Norwalk and New Canaan in the legislature in the 142nd District. I'm in my third term. Are you? Yes. Congratulations Thank to you. Thank you. You know, we have met over the phone, but mm-hmm. I'm, have we met in person? We have, actually. It's very my fault. Briefly. I no, no, no. I mean, with pandemic and everything going on, it's hard to remember and put it all together. But you have so graciously come to Hartford and testified oh, in yes. your role oh, of yes. the probate, probate and judge. judge yes. it. And uh, in my time as um, third term Thank you for your support. Yeah, no, it's really important. We need to make sure that uh, the organizations like that are, are yeah, supported. supported. So. Thank you. Yeah, we but, do a lot of good work. The probate yeah. court system is um, over half has nothing to do with trusts and estates. It's really a support system for the most vulnerable in the state of Connecticut. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a, a deep concern of mine, uh, being sitting on appropriations, being involved in Medicaid, looking at that social safety net, really advocating for folks who can't uh, advocate for themselves. Exactly, exactly. So, Lucy, I was interested because your name kept popping up with respect to this committee, and I want you to give us the details mm-hmm. about this, but Governor Lamont yesterday in a press conference doubling down and saying, look, we may have had a temporary defeat of the thing that was passed in 2004 because it didn't maybe get fleshed out properly and people have to really digest it. But in terms of long-term policy in the state of Connecticut, I am on board along with Massachusetts, along with New York, along with Colorado, uh, along with California, uh, that Connecticut needs to be in line to dramatically reduce, if not completely eliminate, the sale of all vehicles that are powered by gasoline. And your name, Lucy Dathan, kept popping up in this conversation. So talk to us about your legislative role and policy. Okay, great. Well, 
First of all, I'm going to take a a quick step back and explain why we're in this situation to begin with. Um, So in 2004, the legislature decided pretty much unanimously to be able to follow the California standards. So in a sense, in our country, there are two standards. There's the um, federal standards and then there's California. And the reason California has its own standards is because they established the standards first and only the EPA established their federal um, regulations and standards second. Yeah, California loves to be a leader and yeah. stuff like that. and that was actually under um, Ronald Reagan um, as governor of California at that time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so um, California in that time had really bad smog issues, really a hard time with um, pollution and air quality issues, and that was one of the reasons they established their emissions standards. Uh, they started making sure that uh, folks were getting their cars smog tested to reduce emissions on the cars. Um, So those uh, standards were established. And in 2004, our General Assembly had established that we would follow the California standards rather than the federal standards, which are a few years behind. And between going back and forth during administrations, uh, you know, things get eroded, things get changed. And so um, we decided as a state we would um, establish those standards um, for clean cars. And then uh, subsequently, about 18 months ago in 22, I believe, we um, did a bill, SB4, which looked at um, emission standards on trucks. Um, This also was a a bipartisan effort, and um, those were looking at how we could make sure that uh, emissions in our state, which contribute to, I think it's about 68% of our total um, air quality issues. uh, Connecticut is one of the worst, by the way, in the country. Our 95 corridor has been considered to be one of the most emitting pollution emitting in the entire country. Yeah, it's really hard to believe um, because you think of a coastal state I know. would have the winds that would be able to, no, apparently to, no. to do that. And it's yeah. really, really a problem. Um, I see it a lot in my role um, sitting as vice chair of human services where we are dealing with Medicaid and looking at the cost of um, Medicaid programs. And some of the most costly aspects of Medicaid are dealing with asthma, other sort of respiratory issues Mm -hmm. that are uh, affecting not just people in our urban centers, but people all over our state. And it's really due to this. So um, Connecticut has established goals that we will get to sort of carbon neutral by 2040. And so in order to kind of get there, we do need to look at uh, different aspects that are contributing to our poor air quality. And the largest being, as I said, 68% is coming from uh, trucks and and automobiles. So um, we, the legislature said that we were going to follow the California standards. Right. So how uh, the Regulation Review Committee, which I'm chairman of, co-chairman of, um, bipartisan committee, what we do is we take the laws um, that are established as part of our um, uh, legislative work, and the agencies say, okay, how are we going to uh, interpret those laws, and how are we going to implement them? And our role as a committee is to say yes or no 
to um, the agencies as they lay out the framework for getting into these laws. Um, and all of the work that the agencies do is reviewed by a like a nonpartisan office, the legislative LCO office. Um, and what they do is they uh, look at the, the legality of what the agencies have said to establish. Um, as but why is it that the along? legislative committee was given the chance to do an up or down vote on this uh, 2004 law? How did that come to be? So the 2004 law, we are not re- Authorizing that. Authorizing that. That. Okay. that is law. That's in our statutes. Okay. Now, obviously, we are a legislature. We can change that sure. if we need to. Right. But we have established that that is our law. And California um, has said, okay, we need to uh, reduce emissions and we would like to um, ban the sale of new cars that are not uh, electric or hybrid right. as part of this getting okay. into the standard. Okay. California has come up uh, with a transition period okay. to get to that um, position. And what our agency, the Department of Environmental... The DEEP. Um, DEEP. DEEP, exactly. Yes. They have come up with a plan to get there based on what California oh, has Oh, and you done. have the up or down vote on so the plan. So we have an up or down vote in the plan, but our legislative um, office, the LCO office, determines if what they're doing is in line with the statute that we have as a state. Okay. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, a little bit. It's a little convoluted. It is very convoluted. It's convoluted. But the bottom line is Kathy Sprague from Austin, who represents an agricultural district, who's a prominent Democrat, said that she could not support the current way that Deep was going to go ahead and do this. And so it looked like the governor was not going to have the votes that he wanted to go ahead with Deep's recommendations for implementation. That's what it looks like. Is that fair? That's to say? a fair comment. Okay, Lucy Dathan is with us. We're going to be right back. 203 333 9422 if you want to jump into this conversation. We're going to go now to the next stage. What happens next? We'll be right back. And welcome back to the show. 203-333-9422 is our number. We're here with Representative Lucy Dathan, who represents Norwalk and and Connecticut. And uh, she has an important role to play as the co-chair of a committee that had to do with an up or down vote on whether or not the way that DEEP wanted to implement this uh, transition period of time from gas to electric-powered vehicles was going to go forward. Lucy, you heard the governor's remarks yesterday. Mm -hmm. And... um, the governor seems to be intent on making this happen in some way, shape, or form. So what happens now? So we have a bunch of different avenues to go through. Uh, we could do a special session, which means that a the governor would call us into a legislative session with this one topic as part of our agenda. Okay. That means we would do it outside of the normal legislative year, which doesn't start till February 5th. Okay. Um, so that is That's one a possibility. Avenue. The okay. second avenue is uh, the leadership could decide that we take this up as part of our regular session um, starting in February. That sounds likely. Yes, yeah, so that's it? a possibility as yeah. well. Okay. And then when you say take it up, you would take a good hard look as a legislature about how deep anticipates having Connecticut go to a state that over time does not allow the sale of exclusively gas-powered vehicles. What's going to happen with the technology? Pa- for new gas for new. Pa- yeah, but what, so. What's going to happen with these trucks? Because as a practical matter, we have not solved the problem of how long it takes to charge. So don't forget, 
the regulations for cars is the 2035. The regulations for trucks is not on that same timeline. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So the evolution to get to um, uh, exclusively uh, electric for trucks is much further down, and I think it's about 50%, around 40 50% by 2035. And it also could be a combination of electric and, and hybrid, um, meaning it is using gas as well. Do we have hybrid trucks on the road There now? are hybrid trucks. Because I haven't seen many. Uh, I, I drive a hybrid myself since yeah. 2004. I know a lot of the like Amazon vehicles do uh, utilize hybrid do technologies they? from Those, what I understood. I don't know that. To, okay. Let's go to Toby from Bridgeport. Toby, you have a comment. You're on the air with State Representative Lucy Dathan. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, um, I agree. I mean, good, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Tony. Yeah. Um, what I was saying was that um, I like I mean, I want, I want, me and myself, I want to go into green technology. I like to go into green technology. But at the same time, what the governor is kind of doing is like he's imposing his, what do they call it? He's imposing his will. He's imposing his thing to, 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 for us because, like, there are a lot of cars, right? For example, I'll give you an example. Like, electric cars are very expensive to, to get, number one. And then there are some states that don't allow, like, charging stations. That's number two. And then number three is that you also have to, I mean, number three is that you also have to think about the maintenance policy, especially it's very hard to maintain an electric car. So I don't know how. How are we going to switch all the way from gas car, which is a much better, first, better decision than an electric one because thank you toby thank you for the comment let's hear what state representative dathan has to say go ahead that that's a a great question we do have 11 12 years uh to get there uh there is the investment from the federal government is doing a huge amount of investment in our infrastructure for charging stations which will be uh can be over at a a gas station or can be done separately so folks would be able to do that. Um, the Also, the technology for um, battery and battery life is improving in the time to recharge. All of this is currently uh, coming up as part of the um, technology infrastructure. But we have to understand that also we have, you know, we do have that timeline to get there. But if you are using a, a gas-powered vehicle, you will be able to still utilize your vehicle. You will be able to buy a used uh, gas-powered vehicle. But technology is moving so quickly. And we have to remember, this is where the industry is going. GM has uh, declared by 2035, 
100% of their fleet will be electric vehicles. We have seen the cost of electric vehicles come down by about 20% in the last several years. You can buy electric vehicles a lot cheaper. The cost of ownership for electric vehicles is significantly cheaper than a gas-powered. You don't have to do oil changes. You have less wear and tear uh, and don't need to do um, certain things, even including like brake replacements. With electric vehicles, uh, apparently there is some sort of technology in electric vehicles that causes, uh, you know, having to replace your brakes much less frequently. So the overall cost of ownership is significantly less, and the cost per mile of uh, including your depreciation and all of your ownership costs is significantly less. So it is an investment in uh, a longer term. But I do understand what you're you're saying and uh, the upfront cost, which is something that we've addressed both with federal tax credits as well as state tax credits on purchasing those vehicles. So um, over the course of this 11, 12-year implementation rate, um, we are seeing uh, that there's a lot of opportunities to purchase electric vehicles, and they will be very cost-effective compared to purchase of new um, combustible engines. All right, let's go to Mike from Shelton. Mike, you're on the air with State Representative Lucy Dathan. The conversation is about electric versus gas. Go ahead. Yes, I have two things I just wanted to uh, to mention there. Uh, I bought a, a plug-in RAV4 last year, which Great. is electric up to 50 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I did the calculations, it turns out that it's cheaper to run gas if gas um, is under $3.70 a gallon. It, uh, if it's over 370 then electricity is cheaper. You do not save money. Connecticut is so expensive for electricity that uh, people are are telling you save money, you don't save money. Um, it's a nice ride, it's quiet, it's powerful, and but you do not save any money. Second, I paid $51,000 for this plug-in. Uh, it's a RAV4, it's a little car, it's not an expensive car, and I got hammered by the luxury tax. They need to fix the luxury tax. They never indexed it to inflation, and it cost me $800 in luxury tax because it went $1,000 over 50 And they need to fix that. Electric cars are expensive. I don't consider a RAV4 a luxury car. And nobody's going to buy these electric cars. The state actually has a disincentive with their luxury tax. And they need to fix it. And Thank um, you, Mike. That's, that's very good comment. Okay. Let's hear what Representative Dathan has to say. Thank you so much for the call. Well, first of all, I don't sit on the Revenue Committee, but I will definitely be bringing that up to our Chair Maria Horn on that committee because I was not aware of that indexing of the luxury uh, taxing, and that's something we can look at definitely in our legislative session. So thank you for bringing that up. Overall, we're talking about the cost of ownership over the next 11, 12 years, and we can see that with you know technology increasing and also uh, the the market is really expanding and we are seeing even here in our own state uh, battery manufacturers and other jobs being created that are creating more cost-effective batteries, which are the, some of the key uh, components of this You car. know, Representative Dathan, one of the more interesting side effects of the recent automotive settlement, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the details, but in the wake of the settlement, an underreported story was that Stellartis, which is one of the big three, uh, formerly known as Chrysler, um, 
made a buyout offer to something like four-fifths of its workforce, some enormous amount of its workforce, because in their transition to battery and electric, they fully admit, and we have to acknowledge, a lot fewer workers are needed. Yeah, I think, you know, we are going to be seeing uh, in the big automotive production states like, you know, Michigan, um, they're is definitely something that we're going to have to, we're, we're going to look at. Um, I mean, there's much, there's not much we can do about it, and it there's not is, much we can do about it. But this no. is a, a global issue. This isn't, isn't just happening no, here in America. You know, BMW and we have to solve the fire and, problem, right? Well, that's interesting because um, there is a battery manufacturer here in our state that actually has something on their their website where they show their battery compared to a Tesla battery. Is that right? It is really really interesting. We'll have to have them on our show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're based in Danbury. I okay. Think. Um, so there are solutions. There are definitely solutions. And, you know, if we all look at our technologies over the last 12 years, I mean, I, I, I own an iPhone. I look at if I had the same iPhone that I had 12 years ago, it wouldn't even work today. I know. Um, and true. we look at our because computers of the software. and all the it's software true. and all of these larger things of technology. And you think even with, with gas um, cars, the gas cars that were created 20, 30 years ago had much worse um, you gas, know, mileage. gas mileage. They did. And much all of dirtier this is, engines. Has, has really increased. And you look at European cars. I, I spent um, about a quarter of my life in Europe. And the gas mileage is on, on my Peugeot uh, 306 that I had at the time was something like almost 50 miles per it gallon. It had to be because it was so much more expensive to buy a it's gallon of gas. It's about $16 right? a gallon. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just otherwise unaffordable for people. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I've been driving a hybrid since 2004, a Prius, and mm-hmm. then I've had a succession of Hyundai hybrids, Sonatas. The one that I'm driving now is brand new. It's my fifth one. Oh, wow. And so I only have driven... Hi- Once you drive a hybrid, you'll never go back. Right. Because even though it may be more costly, Mike is not wrong. I don't think I save any money. I might spend more money, but I'm spending more money to have a little bit cleaner planet. There are no emissions. Mm-hmm. There are no emissions. You're 100% right about the engine. It's very clean. You don't have to change your spark plug. You don't have to worry about your brakes. You, it's a much, much cleaner situation. And I feel good about it in my own way, contributing a little bit better. But I like the hybrid because it's still it's still three minutes on the road to fill up. Mm-hmm. And my time is worth a lot. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I think that that is a compromise good solution. And mm-hmm. I hope as you write the regs, you continue to welcome hybrids until we're at another place. And that's definitely been included in the California standards. Thank you very much, Lucy Dathan, State Representative, for coming in today, and we will continue to have this conversation. Would love to, and I hope to see you before the legislative session in appropriations. Thank you so much. We'll Take be right care. back. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. 
Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.